Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. And um, Father, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity to speak your word, or I thank you for the opportunity. I pray that you'd be glorified. I'm not worthy. I'm nothing. Your word is true. You are everything. Be glorified in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wanted to say thank you guys. Uh, my wife and family and I, we took our first vacation, or I took my first vacation in two years since we started the church. And so that was great. Went down to South Florida. I'm from Miami. And one of the best things about South Florida, and I've showed David Murray, is down there I am tall. Okay, like I want to show you, I took a picture in a fruit stand, and everybody was under five foot, and I look like a giant inside South Florida. And my wife's family, I mean, my wife's one of the taller people in her family, and she's not that tall, people. So you can imagine, like it was just good for my self-esteem, because when I left South Florida, I came to all these places with like these corn-fed people that grow to like 6'4", like Mike. I mean, Mike, I don't, you shouldn't be that tall. That's got to be bad for you. But it's... um. But it, uh, it's a good, um, it was good to be down there, saw some family we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, there was uh, some people that invited us, friends and family, over to their houses and got to visit and fellowship. It was like 12 years since I've been there. That's where I grew up. That's where I'm from. And um, we're going to talk about self-care. Now, this is a topic that is, is kind of popular now. And um, there was a guy, the, the, the reason it came to me, there was a guy, a, a rap artist that put in a song, and it was called Self-Care. And then I think a few weeks later, he died of an overdose. And um, you just hear a lot of people in the news talking about it. Like, you got to care for yourself. You got to take care of yourself. And, and that's true. But it was just sad to see, you know, because this guy put out, put out this whole thing and had all these interviews about how he was doing better and in a better place. And then a few minutes or a few weeks later, he's dead. He ODs. Um, there was a pastor last year who uh, preached a, a sermon kind of similar to this on self-care and on mental health. And he wound up dying, too, not, not many weeks later, if not that next week. And... Um, you know, starting this church and working full time and having a wife and having five kids, I know what it is to push yourself to the limit. Like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. I only have two speeds. My speeds are off and on. I don't have a medium. That button is broken in my life. I'm either doing something or I'm chilling. I'm either all in or I'm not in. I don't have a middle. And so during these past two and a half years since we've started the church, I've pushed myself like all the way to the limit. And I'm not complaining, but I knew I would have to do that. Like when we went to get assessed to see if like they would let us plan a church, they did personality tests on us and they did marriage tests on us and they went through our finances and they, they talked to us, they interviewed us and dug through all of our junk and they, they were like, hey, are you guys going to crash and burn? Are you going to fall apart? And, and, hey, we passed. You know, I don't know how that happened, but we passed. And we made it because they know that starting a church is, like, the hardest thing you can do. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you. Since we've been here, the, the week before we launched, not only do we have to move across country, and moving is terrible, um, but the week before we launched, my daughter had her appendix out, like, that week. Um, I got shingles. 
I thought only old people were supposed to get shingles. I guess I'm old. I got all this gray hair. I got shingles. That was terrible. I broke my finger playing with my kids. I can't even show you which finger, but you can imagine which one it is. Um, and then I broke my back since we've been here. And like two, a year and a half, I haven't really been able to move or sleep. And so I know how hard life is. When I talk about self-care, I've, I've found some things. And, I, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have different people sharing about what they do to care for themselves. But this is kind of my talk, and so I'm going to share what I found in the Word and what I found with the Lord um, to keep me fresh and to keep me going. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 has some, some verses. It says, two are better than one because they, I'm sorry, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and who doesn't have another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And that, that, that scripture right there where it says a threefold cord is not easily broken, um, that's what I'm going to talk about. And I, I learned this very early on in my life, and I've tried to live my whole Christian life this way, is there are three things that I give 100% of myself to. I do not give 33% of myself to one thing, 33% of myself to another, and the third gets the last third. No, I give 100% of myself to these three things. And it's doing these three things that is what keeps me alive, which keeps me fresh, what keeps me from saying, oh, I'm so dry. I hear Christians say, oh, I'm just so dry. And I'm like, how can a Christian be dry? How can somebody, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm just telling you, you have the Spirit of God inside of you, and you're dry? God's Spirit doesn't run dry. God's Spirit is a flowing river or a bubbling fountain. Your cup can't go empty if you hold it under a waterfall. It will always overflow. And so these three things that I'm going to talk about are three things that I give myself 100% to. Now, I kind of put them in order, even though I give myself completely to each of them. The first one is, is your walk with God. See, your walk with God, is that something that I give myself 100% to, is my walk with God. Your walk with God is your responsibility. It's not mine. If it was my responsibility, then it would be me dragging you. I can't. You follow Jesus. It is you were called. I was called to support and to encourage and to build up, but you were called to follow. God gave you that responsibility. And so you have to take ownership of that. Too many people give the responsibility of their walk with God to somebody else. It's not this church's responsibility to keep you fresh. I can't. Only Jesus can do that. It's your responsibility. And there's three things that I've found within that that I think have to start. Number one is, is your prayer life. Your prayer life. 
Like, that's your job, to pray. Imagine, like, if you had a phone that you could pick up and call Bill Gates or Bezos, the Amazon guy, or, or the president, and you could get and have access. And imagine if that phone, ne- you never picked it up. And he's like, no, I got you. Whatever you need, just, you know, let me, fill me in. Would you just leave the phone there? No. You'd pick it up. Now, people know when your prayer life is real. I remember um, back home in Miami, I was driving by the hospital, and I saw this guy, and he was just walking down the road, and he was like walking in the middle of the road, because that's how they do it in Miami. It wasn't even on a sidewalk. And he was just kind of wandering, and I'm like, let me give this guy a a ride. And I pulled up, and I said, hey, do you need a ride? And I don't know, I think it was the Lord, because I didn't realize it until he got in my car, but the man was butt naked in a hospital robe. I wouldn't have let him in. I wouldn't have stopped. I think the Lord blinded my eyes at that moment. And he gets in the car, and then all of a sudden I see the sores. And his butt's on my seat. And I'm like, uh, you know, move that over. And he gets in there, and he's like, yeah, I just broke out the hospital. I'm like, cool. (laughs) He's like, I had to go get some drugs, but can you take me back there? Sure. Yeah, and he starts telling me how he has AIDS, but he's addicted, and he, he needed to go score and go back to the hospital, and that's what the sores were there for. And this was AIDS in the 90s. Like, now Magic Johnson's been alive for a long time, but this was like AIDS right after it came out, and you're like, AIDS, I don't know. <gasps> when you didn't really know what everything all about it, and you're like, this is scary, because this isn't like HIV. This is like full-blown AIDS. And so we get to the hospital, and I go to let him out, and this... The sweet guy, he was sweet, he was nice. I grabbed his hand, I said, can I pray for you? I touched him. That must have been the Lord. And I prayed, I said, God, you know his struggles, you know his hardship, you know everything. I just talked to my father in heaven for my brother that was broken and that was wounded. And he sits there and tears start to stream down his eyes. He's like, man, that was real. That was real. Because a lot of people don't have real prayer lives. But that was cultivated through many mornings of getting up and talking to God, just like I'm talking to you. God was in that. Your prayer life. We're doing 21 days of prayer. It's getting up at 6 a.m. My favorite part of vacation was not the, the seeing family and seeing friends. That was nice. But my favorite part was sleeping in. Getting up when you didn't, nobody told you to. You just could get up whenever you wanted. But we're going to encourage you to come and pray with us. But I hope you pray more in your life. The second thing is Bible study. I'm going to try to get moving, but Bible study, not just Bible reading. I was in a church service once where this lady preached on the anointing oil. And within the anointing oil, there is this um, specific oil. It's from calamus. I may not have pronounced it right, but calamus. The lady read it as cannabis and then preached for the next 45 minutes about how the anointing oil had cannabis in it. And that's why it must have been good, and that's why people used it. And you know people went home and got high, I'm sure. They're like, I'm just following the Bible. She couldn't even check the letters out. She read it, and I was like, and they're letting you preach? They're letting you talk? What is the, why? 
Read the letters. Check the parts of speech. Read the whole chapter. Double check. If you think it said cannabis, you better double check. That could be a wrong, that could mess you up in the long run. And the next one is confession of weakness. This hurts. But you're weak, I know it, because every person in here is weak. Some of us are better at, heart, at hiding it. But you got to have somebody in your life, somebody that you can go to and you can be 100% honest and confess your weaknesses for, to, and get prayer. That's biblical. James says, confess your weaknesses, your faults one to another, and pray for each other so you might be healed. Doesn't need that mean that everybody needs to stand up here in the front and, like, you know, air all your dirty laundry. But you better have a group. You better have a team. You better have people in your corner. Confession of weakness. I give myself 100% to those three things. And that keeps my walk with God strong. Having my prayer life developed, studying my Bible, not just reading it, and confessing my weaknesses because they are many. The second thing that I give 100% to, and I hope that you would give 100% to your calling, to your calling, that which is God has designed you to do. I want to take a pause, and I want you to flip over to the back of your paper, and it's a story of King David. And I'm going to just read a couple of the verses, and not all the verses are on the paper, but it says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 8, It says, in the springtime of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Amorites and they besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Now you can go and finish reading up this chapter and you can do some studying, but I'm going to paraphrase it. I put some of the verses on your paper. This was David's probably biggest sin. This was David's biggest mistake. If you don't know the story, David winds up cheating on his wife, getting another woman pregnant who was married to somebody else. He walks outside on his balcony. All of his men are at war. He sees this pretty lady. He's like, hey, she's pretty. He brings her in. She gets pregnant. He's like, oh, man, I need to cover this up. He calls her husband home and tries to get them to go hang out. That he doesn't hang out with his wife. So now David's like, I'm going to get caught. I got this lady pregnant. They're going to know I cheated. I did did wrong. I took another man's wife. And so David has the guy killed. He kills one of his top soldiers to cover up his sin. And then he marries this lady, Bathsheba. And then the baby even dies. And David is broken. And you always wonder how David could go from slinging the stone and killing Goliath to being perfect in his dealings with Saul, to defeating all these enemies of the Lord and and being called an anointed king. How he can go from this this place of blessing and protection, the one who was called to be king and lead the nation, to killing one of his top soldiers and stealing his wife. And I'll tell you where it started, in my opinion. 
in verse 1, the time when kings go out to battle. See, David was anointed to be king. His calling was king. And David was not acting as a king. He had disobeyed and ignored his calling. God had called him for this, and maybe he said, I'm tired, I fought too many battles. I finally got my palace finished. I just need a break. You guys go to war. He was called to be a king, and this was the time when kings were supposed to fight. And by moving himself out of position, instead of being on the battlefield, he was on the housetop. He had opened himself up to sin. And there's many of us here that God has called you for something, but you said, no, I'm tired. I can't go on that battlefield. I'm staying home. We would think that's self-care. But the best place for David to be was where God called him to be. Because let me tell you something. His prayer life was sharp on the battlefield. On the battlefield, before every battle, David was going, should I attack him or not, Lord? Do I do this or not? He was, he was forced to be weak and to be humble and to be begging God and asking for wisdom. But in the palace, his eyes turned down from heaven and came on the world in front of him. And if you're not walking in the fullness of your calling, it's no wonder you're stuck in sin or you're dry. Because God has called you for something. And you've got to say yes. So there's three things that I think that every, every calling applies to. Number one is the lost. I would say that if you're not doing something for the lost, then you don't know God's heart. Jesus said he'd leave the 99 and go after the one. So I would say your calling, whatever it is, it should be about the lost. I remember last year, um, I had come home from work. I was tired. My wife wasn't feeling well. I put the kids to bed. And then this guy calls me, and he's like, hey, I want some food. Can you bring me some food? And I'm like, I think I passed the phone off to Mike Ward. I was like, Mike, can you, you know, Mike, at that time, he was helping out a lot with this, and he would kind of, some of those requests for, for help, he would try to discern whether they're legitimate or not. And so Mike, he talks to me, he says, yeah, I think it's real, Chris. And it came back to me. I'm like, thanks, Mike. And so part of me is like, well, maybe I'll just order him a pizza to a hotel room and book it online and just tell him where to go and he could walk there and the pizza will show up and I won't have to leave my house. And as I'm deciding this, I go to go with my kids and I'm reading the Bible to my kids and just so happens we get to the scripture where it says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was lonely and you visited me or in prison and you visited me. I was sick and you comforted me. I'm like, crap. So I guess I do believe this. So I I said, all right, I'm going to go out, babe. And she's like, well, I don't feel good. I'm like, it'll take a few minutes. Caleb, you up for something interesting? Caleb's like, what? I'm like, just get in the car. I'll be there in 10 minutes. We pick this guy up we never knew. We take him to a hotel room. And before we leave, he's in tears 
receiving Christ as Caleb is praying. Caleb and I are praying for him to receive Jesus. And we gave him food and we left. And then even in the hotel room, I'm like, great, I get to go home. Even in the hotel, Caleb leads the guy at the front desk in prayer to receive you. I'm like, stop it, Caleb. It's time to go home. But the lost. Jesus cares about the lost. The next thing is the church, big C. The church, big C. Those are your brothers and sisters. Those are the people that you sit next to in church, and hopefully you know their name, and you know their kids' names. And, and if they're hurting, you're hurting. And if they're broke, you're broke. And if they need something and you have it, then you give it. See, it should be like this. You shouldn't be giving stuff to me to hand out to there. If you see a need, you meet it. The church, Jesus loves the church. It's his body. It's his bride. And then the next thing underneath calling is the church little c. And by church little c, that's not the people necessarily. That's the organizational stuff. That's the chairs that need to be put down. Jason Corey, he met, we met this week, and he said, Chris, why don't we just put the chairs in a big pile by the front door and tell people to grab one when they come in? I'm like, although I love that idea, Jason, some people may not. Little C stuff is important. AC, who appreciates AC? That's little C. That's not big C church. That's little C church. To give your time to that. Some of you guys are called to the law. Some of you are called to the church. And some of you are called to the little C church, depending on your gifting. The third thing that I give myself completely to, 100%, that helps me stay fresh is my family. So I encourage you to give yourself 100% to your family. 100%. My wife is my rock. She's my strength. She's what God gave me to, to represent Christ to me. She is a blessing. She is like a soldier. She does, she, when I'm down, she'll pick up the pace. And then the rest of the time, I'm like, come on, and she's right there with me. She is a helper and, a, and just strong and tough woman. God always moves through families. Abraham, the first guy called by God, he had his nephew Lot with him. He took care of Lot. Jesus was born into a family where his cousin was John the Baptist. And then he called two sets of brothers at least. Family is important. God moves through families. How can I, and this is something that I want you to know, how can I claim to be fulfilling my calling if I'm not loving my spouse? That's the first blank you can put in there, your spouse. If you have a spouse, I think that should be first, your spouse. If I'm not taking care of my wife and if I'm not loving my wife and if I'm not, not representing Christ to her, how can I say I'm fulfilling my calling? And how can I say my walk with God is strong? That's why this is a threefold cord. That's why it's 100% to all three of them. The next thing is if after your spouse, you really need to get that right if you're married or else life is going to be terrible. There's nothing worse than a marriage that's messed up. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing more painful than a divorce. 
Um, and the next thing is your kids. If you have children. Now, some of you guys have kids. should be spouse and then kids. How, how can I teach you the word but never go home and share the scripture with my kids? No, in fact, my kids get way more than you ever get. They get it every day. And we talk through Scripture, and we wrestle through Scripture, and we pray together. Your kids. And then if after that, it's your parents. You know, the Bible says that, you know, you let, the, let the people take care of their parents in need. Let the believers take care of their parents in need. You take care of your parents. As they get older, and as they get up there, you should honor and respect your parents. Like, it's tough, but it's true. And then the rest of your family falls in place after those. Now, I believe in each of these three things, and I brought a little twine thing here I made. And each of these ropes, it's funny, they're all made intertwined with other things. But if I were to take them, or my wife was to take them, and braid them together... It makes a stronger rope. It makes a stronger thing. And so as you look through these three things, um, your walk with God, your calling, and your family, your family might look different than the family I described. That's okay. You know who your family is. If you can give yourself 100% to each of those, I think your life will be stronger. Because there's so many times the family issues bleed into the calling, and then the calling's not successful. Or the calling is calling you, and then you're not happy at home because you're not doing that which God has called you to do. Or your walk with God suffers because you know things aren't right with your spouse, and you know you're not in the place you're supposed to be. But I'm telling you, if you get all three of these moving, it's like holding your cup under a waterfall. It'll never go dry. When we came here, we answered the call. I'm responsible for my walk with God. She's responsible for her walk with God. I, we've been married for coming up on 20 years. I learned a long time ago, I can't make her do anything. Nothing. Zero. But she takes care of her walk with God. And I don't, I mean... When we first got saved, imagine living with me. It was tough. You read your Bible? Why not? Don't do that anymore. I learned my lesson. But we both answered the call to come here. And you know what? Even our kids, we involve them in the process to come here. This is their church as much as it's our church. And if you're on the dream team, this is your church as much as it's our church because we believe in the church, big C. And we do the little C stuff to keep it going. Mike and David run the sound. Praise God for those two guys. Somebody puts up the curtain. That's little C stuff. It's, it helps. But we never get out of our family stuff. There's sometimes we don't do ministry stuff because it's family time. I don't want to say one is more important than the other. We're going to close right here. I think you should give yourself 100% all three. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Would you close your eyes?
Now, this is just my thoughts. I think everything I've said is scriptural as far as God's value on church and family and Bible study. I think all that is important. Your walk with God is your responsibility. If your walk with God is right, praise God. If it's wrong, fix it by confessing your sin, trusting in Jesus, and allowing him to make the change. Admitting you're powerless. Saying, God, I just haven't been right with you. I haven't spoken to you in a while. I don't know you. You're calling. Answer yes. Get involved. Be active. Reach the loss this week. Reach that lost person, even when it's inconvenient. Love your brothers and sisters. And find where you can help out with Little C Church. And your family. Oh, some most pain comes from family issues. But get it right. Apologize. Forgive. Encourage. But go to the person and make it right. I don't know what God is challenging you. I don't know where you're at. We're just going to let the music play for a little bit. and I'm just going to give you a chance to reflect and to pray. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>